Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we will be reviewing the 1990 film Bad Influence. And we are also going to share a couple of awkward uh, movie-watching moments with you. Yep. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk about um, what we've been watching lately. Dave, uh, what have you been watching? Uh, what I've been watching, um, I recently watched uh, Safe by Todd Haynes. Um, Never heard of it. I'll, it's a it's a good one. Uh, it was voted, actually, the best movie of the 90s by a Village Voice critics poll. Really? Yeah. And so I had to check it out. I got the Criterion disc because you, Netflix doesn't have the disc. Um, it's just not available. So I went and bought it, you know, the special edition criterion one. It's about, it's about environmental illness. It's that, uh, is it a documentary? Uh, no, it's a, it's a regular, uh, movie with Julianne Moore. Um, and it's also like an indictment of like the self-help culture. And, um, it, it's one of these, one of the environmental illness being the, the thing that where people are allergic to the 20th century, you know, like they, they develop sicknesses based on all the chemicals that we use. Ah, that kind of gotcha. So it's at a kind of a a dystopian future. Yes. Okay. Uh, And it's, I mean, it takes place in 1987, but, but you could, you could like argue that it's a dystopian present, I guess, really. Yeah. You know, because people are just being affected by things and, and whether it's all in their head, we don't really know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think we messed up the earth enough by 1987. Oh, yeah. yeah it was pretty, pretty far down the bowl. I mean, look at us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, that's we're right. We're jacked up over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I've been actually going a little back in uh, cinema history. Cool. A little farther than I'm used to. I don't do a lot of pre-70s stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but I started watching some 60s movies. Oh. I watched the original True Grit. From 1969 with John cool. Wayne. All right. Have you seen that one? Of course. Yeah. It's very good. Of course, they remade it a yeah. couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a good movie too. I that, thought it was that a was really great. Done, really well done remake. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the original just is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, the original's better if you ask me. I mean, it's it's one of John it it's one of two John Wayne performances that are just really excellent acting wise. Yeah, he was great as mm-hmm. Rooster Cogburn. Yep, and he won an Academy Award for that, I believe. Did that, he? Okay. Did he win I, it for that I one? I think okay. I heard. I think I read. He won Best Actor for that. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Which yeah. he did really good. Mm-hmm. Played a drunk vigilante yep. uh, lawman. Yep. For everyone who doesn't know, uh, this the girl. I forget her name, uh, but she, her dad gets killed by a man, and she goes and hires mm-hmm. uh, John Wayne, right? Because he has true grit. He's a man with true grit. He said it. Uh, to help her hunt down this man. Yes. And it's a great story about them traveling the country. He's this uh, old sour man. He hates everything. And <laughs> right. he kind of grows an affection for the girl, uh-huh. uh, almost as a surrogate daughter right. in a way. Right. Uh, they don't hint on a lot of stuff about his past, but you kind of get the sense that he had a family. Mm-hmm. And because he's a drunk and likes to go shoot people, yes. uh, he lost them. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of... Uh, for both of them, he becomes a father figure to her mm-hmm. since her father is murdered. Right. Uh, and it's a great film, and I would recommend everyone watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And the sequel, Rooster Cogburn, is is also a classic. Oh, uh, there's a sequel? Yes. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yep. Uh, I guess that's early 70s yeah. when that one came mm-hmm. out? Right. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um. So, let's go in to something else. <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little inappropriate, I guess. Um. Uh, We've all had these moments happen to us, I'm sure. And if you're, if you say you haven't, uh, you're quite lucky, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> An awkward movie watching moment. Something like you are, you are watching a movie, and your parents walk in, or your friends walk in, or your brother or sister, and you just 
feel a little dirty for sure, yeah. uh, being caught watching something. Right. It doesn't have to be something dirty. It could just be a, a hyper-violent film, and your mother doesn't like it, and you get you feel awkward. Yeah. Usually there's a dirty stuff going on. <laughs> um, I have a story. I don't know if Dave's is going to top this or not, but um, it probably will, <laughs> just from the hints I've gotten recently. But uh, I went to the store, and I... For one specific purpose, I was going to rent American Pie. Great. To watch the one scene where um, Shannon Elizabeth gets naked. Uh huh. Yeah. That was the sole purpose <laughs> for my trip to Blockbuster Video that day. So I got the DVD and I, I figured, hey, I'll rent The Omen also. Oh, great. <laughs> so I got yeah. American Pie and The Omen. It's a hell of a night. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it. And we were living at my grandmother's house at the time. Uh, and my dad had a bedroom with a TV in it. So I was watching it in there by myself. And uh, <laughs> it's like midday also, by the okay. way. <laughs> and my dad comes home and we haven't gotten to that scene yet. Uh-huh. I'm just laying there watching. I'm on the floor watching it. Okay. <laughs> Nothing's happening yet, by the way. <laughs> Nothing does happen because he comes in. He's like, oh, what what you got? I'm like, oh, I'm watching American Pie. <laughs> It's about these guys trying to lose their virginity. And I think I was about 17 or something when this was happening. Uh, It just felt really awkward. And the whole time I'm thinking, is he going to leave? Is he going to leave the room, please? And it keeps getting closer and closer to that scene. Uh, And eventually, it's like 10 seconds from that scene. And I say, you know, I don't really want to watch this anymore. And I make up some dumb excuse. Uh, I turn it off. And he was sitting there watching it with me. He had like like he like kind of just sits down, down and... on the bed, oh. hangs out, you know. Dad. So I put in uh, the omen, <laughs> and I fell asleep in about ten minutes. <laughs> so it so could have been pretty bad, but I felt pretty dirty for for that whole thing. I I would have to, yeah, because because the, the, there's there's no getting out of that situation without everybody being embarrassed, right? And so. he knew why I turned it off. I'm he sure did? I'm, okay. he didn't say anything, but right. he had to have known uh, why I turned it off. Well, if he hadn't, well, okay, yeah, he probably did. Because, I mean, by that point, yeah. It, it was just that awkward enough, right, yeah. the, the tension in the room. Yeah. I don't know if I was making it up, but uh, right. I'm pretty sure it was true. Wow, okay, well, shit. Yeah, that, that is, all right, you know what, I'm not going to be able to top that. You won't? No. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was... Let's ask the listeners to vote. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, vote on which which of these stories is, is the most humiliating. Um, I, I guess, like, for me, I, I went through a similar situation. Um, my dad was trying to be cool um, and, and let Such me... Such a dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my mom was out of town, and he wanted me to see The Godfather when I was about 13. Okay. it was his favorite movie. I'm it's like, a great movie because it, it's it's an outsta- yeah. it's an outstanding you know like a seminal piece of of cinema yeah and it's one of your favorites it's yeah I've yep. seen it a hundred times I mm-hmm. I know it backward and forward yep but the first time I saw it I was 13 years old I was with my dad and you'd think to yourself there's not really many embarrassing things that happen in that movie that you could really you know kind of um you know I, I guess uh, feel awkward about except on Al on Michael Corleone's wedding night. When he's in Sicily hiding out, and he gets married to Apollonia, mm-hmm. um, and he closes the door to the honeymoon suite, and 
it's actually a very tender, very tasteful scene that you watch as an adult, and you're like, wow, Francis Ford Coppola was really a sensitive guy with the way he shot this. Mm -hmm. But not when your father's in the room, and you're 13 years old, and you're sporting wood, and, and you're sitting there like like <laughs> saying to yourself, oh my God, get me out of here, please, Let, let's get through this scene. Because he, he undoes the, the, little, uh, the little nightgown. Uh-huh. It kind of starts to fall, and then she like finishes it for him, takes it down, and she's got and her you know her breasts fall mm-hmm. out, and uh, they're they're there, and he cups one of them, and then uh. kisses her forehead tenderly, and I, I'm Al, hurry up, and then and then <laughs> thankfully they fade, and I mean I'm just sitting there on one side of the room, my dad's on the other, and we are not looking at each other, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I mean right. I, you know you're in seventh grade, and all you want to see is boobs, and and you finally are there, and all you want to do is not see boobs, <laughs> right? And, right. You know, thankfully it, they moved on. Um, and there were no more boobs in the movie. So, <laughs> and you guys have never spoken of this. No, we have never talked about it ever. Nope, nope. It's never happened. You know, thank God. Oh my God, that's pretty good. <laughs> right. Um, anyone out there listening, if you have stories like this, uh, send us an email, dudesonmovies at gmail dot com, right. and uh, we will share it on the air. We sure will. But uh, let's get out of this area and let's go into something just as dirty. Uh, The film Bad (laughs) Influence. We'll be back in just a sec. We are back, folks. Welcome back. We are going to do our review on the 1990 film Bad Influence, starring Rob Lowe and James Spader. Dave, give us a synopsis. Okay, well, uh, the synopsis of this film is is pretty cut and dry. But um, what it boils down to is uh, James Spader plays this like yuppie with a perfect life. Um, he's got a fiancé that he... Um, well, he doesn't have a perfect life. He has the, the the semblance of a perfect life. He's got all the the he's got a lot of uh, material goods, and he's got married. To, he's about to be married to a woman that he doesn't really love, but he she's beautiful and successful, so he wants to have her. Um, and he is depressed and is kind of a even though he's got all this stuff, he's kind of weaselly, and he um like kind of kind of a pushover type, and he by chance comes across this drifter, this criminal drifter. Uh, played by Rob Lowe, who um, helps him kind of assert himself in life, but then also becomes a uh, the the titular bad influence. Exactly, um, and really kind of you know his uh, James Spader's life takes a takes a, a really you know dark turn, and he starts to do things, and that's what we're going to get into. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob Lowe's character. Is the bad influence? He sure is on James Spader's character, and James Spader is Michael. Yes, and Alex, I guess, is what we can call Rob Lowe, but yeah. we'll probably just say Rob Lowe the whole time. Probably it's so. a lot easier yeah. because <laughs> Rob Lowe's character has about a dozen fake names he yeah. uses throughout the movie. Right, 
mainly just to pick up chicks. Yeah. But um, I didn't know his name until like an hour into this oh, movie. Oh, really? Okay. I really didn't know what his real name was. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I it finally settled on Alex. Yeah. So yeah. He could have had a little better name. But <laughs> at one point, he's like French. Yes. He's, uh, he's, that's he's right. from he's, everywhere. Oh, yeah. He's Francois. He's Franco. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was... I'm trying to get down to it. Like, why is Rob Lowe doing this to James Spader? Why is he doing it? Why is he doing it? Like, they have a, a happenstance meeting in a bar. Yeah. Uh, James Spader gets some cojones for some reason because he's pissed off at work. Yeah. And tells this guy at the bar who's roughing up his girl. Uh, I don't know. He was looking at her or something. And yeah. the guy's like, get out of here. He's like, no, I can drink in here. And then he, he's about to get pounded. Yep. And Rob Lowe comes up out of nowhere and breaks a bottle and right. says, you want to do it? You know, uh-huh. you want to go? Right. Um, and then Rob Lowe disappears before James Spader can w- thank him. Yes. And just so happened to meet up randomly again later. Mm-hmm. And Rob Lowe doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah. At all. He's, give, he's brushing him off. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's like, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> and he kind of... Sucks him in. There are two reasons, I believe, okay. that he um, finally decides to, to, to go for this guy. Okay. Um, one is because I think he, he kind of immediately sizes up the proposition and says, you know, a guy like him, a guy like Rob Lowe, who kind of makes his living by uh, ingratiating himself into people's lives, most of them female, um, he looked at this guy and saw a guy he could push around. Gotcha. He's a, he's, he's a con man. Yes. Uh and he, he uses people. Yes, exactly. He's a taker. Yeah. The other part of it, which I think maybe we, we could talk about some, is there's a there's a homosexual subtext to this movie that um, is very interesting. Once once it gets once the idea gets in your head, and it's not a a, a romantic homosexual subtext. It's a predatory, almost right. like prison type, you know, um, sadistic. Uh, some like Rob Lowe wants to possess this guy, right? You and know? Uh, there's a scene where Rob Lowe. <clears throat> this is kind of the first time when Rob Lowe really influences him badly. Yes, as it were. Uh, they get this girl to come back to James Spader's apartment, and <laughs> James Spader ends up sleeping with her, mm-hmm. and Rob Lowe films it. Yeah, you don't see him filming it, but you get to see the film. Yeah, while Rob Lowe's watching it eating popcorn. <sighs> And I thought, honestly, Rob Lowe was going to get in on the action. Yeah. Like, so the homosexual subtext definitely is there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he, he he clearly was the director of the piece. Yes. Um, yes. And... A fine piece. <laughs> <in my laughs> Quite head. so. <laughs> you know. It's on videotape, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anybody who would film their male friend, um, like, like railing this chick, uh, is... And and I'll, and then and then sit there and watch it like free of everyone else, and just like I think he's eating ice cream actually. Oh God, that's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's there, there's something really. Uh, I've already used the word predatory, so I, but I I mean like the, 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 there's something just bizarre about. He's that, saying, you know? look what I can do. Yeah, that's right. Oh look yeah, what I'm uh-huh. capable right. of doing. Exactly. Look 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 what I did for you. That's you one know? thing too. He's he's getting in the head of James Spader, saying yep. I'm doing this for you. Yep. Um, he's like a. A sociopathic therapist. Yes, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, I will improve your life, and I'm also going to try to. He rule even it. asks him, like, "What do you want?" Oh my God, the what do you? What, what do are you, you afraid yeah, of? What do you want? What are you afraid of? You want to tell me about it? He right. says all those lines, right? And that's after he like says to uh, after the girl leaves. 
um, like he, he says to, to James Spader, you know, she said that we were like brothers. I don't think she ever said anything like that to him. I mean, I think that's pretty it. much a lie. Uh, it, it has to be. And it's like, you know, that that's a really scary thing. And James like, Spader you know, reacts kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I know. Right. He's and, kind of into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I know why James Spader likes Rob Lowe because he's totally opposite to him. Yes. I guess he has what he wants. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to be tied down to this woman he doesn't right. love. He doesn't want to be stuck underneath this, you know, dweeb at his office, yep. you know. Patterson. Patterson. And uh, Howard, who is the boss, played by John Delancey, <laughs> Q from Star Trek. <laughs> That's like the 18th time I've mentioned Star Trek on the show, I think. But um, <laughs> I had forgotten Q was in it. Yeah, and when Q I saw it, I was just this. like, oh, this is too good. <laughs> That's right. Q is the boss at work. Right. Q is their boss. Yeah. Uh, and I, I totally forgot where I was going with this train of thought now <laughs> oh, because right. I started talking about Q. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, James Spader, like, that's why he's drawn towards Rob Lowe because yes. Rob Lowe's this free spirit mm-hmm. who gets what he wants. Yep. And like you said, uh, James Spader's kind of a pushover. Yep. He doesn't get what he wants. Right. Patterson's pushing him around, right. you know. His wife's pushing him around all the time, yep. you can tell. He, yep. just, he doesn't want to go to that family dinner, you know. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the family dinner, that there's a scene, this is after... <laughs> Filming the sex scene yes. tape, um, Rob Lowe crashes the party um, unwillingly with a French accent. Yeah, with a French accent, Francois. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I heard you're doing a big deal with Francois from the Paris from, office. Yeah, from the Paris office. <laughs> Rob Lowe gives a ta- the tape to the mother, I believe, yeah, at the party, uh, the and they put it on. It's supposed to be their big proposal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, oh that's my god, not the proposal, right? And Rob Lowe, very, very, uh, like, a- and after after they they kind of flee the scene, as as all the all the fancy party guests are, are like getting the vapors from watching this this right. sex tape that they can't shut off. They're like hitting the fast forward button accidentally and everything. Yeah. So like Rob Lowe and James Spade, which doesn't <laughs> happen. Idiots. I know exactly. Just hit stop. I have never accidentally kept never fast happened. forwarding no, no. and turning the volume up on accident. Everybody in 1990 <laughs> could uh, could manage a VCR, you know. <laughs> But you know they they they're they're like escaping the party and like James Spader is like looking out the the they're driving their convertible and he's just kind of like pensively looking out the window at the streets and Rob Lowe just goes you asked me for this you remember he's very calmly like right. saying you know and then he takes him to one of those underground parties yeah uh, they're like speakeasies because you 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 say these uh, you you like say the beginning of like a personal ad to get in yeah um, and. Look, I have done some shit in my life. You know, I've I've been to some. My life has taken me in weird places right. before. I've never been to a party like this. Oh, I mean, these are like you know, just kind of sex parties. Yeah, basically. exactly. Just the, exactly like eyes wide shut. I was about almost. to say yeah. it's eyes wide shut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Without the Kubrick. Right, and and there's <laughs> right exactly, <laughs> and there's nobody in robes like like with incense. No. But it's still like there, there's something about. I mean, it's all taking place kind of semi outdoors. Right. Um. And there's a, there's a moment. That that is like the the I think it's the the most um, I guess it's the gayest moment of the movie with for Rob Lowe's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Spader is sitting there with that girl that he had sex with previously, right? And she she's there at the party. She's kind of just like this party girl, yeah. Um, and they run into each other and like they're making out and doing a popper, I think. Yeah. And they're down below, like like in the grass area, and then up top on the veranda, Rob Lowe is like looking down at them, and he makes eye contact with James Spader as he's like like yeah. kissing the neck of this girl. 
and he's got this look on his face like like you know like this hungry look while mm-hmm. while James Spader is with this girl and I'm thinking to myself like he either wants to kill this guy or he wants to possess him or he really wants to you know uh or he wants to blow well, him. I, you know, I think one he, of the, you gets, know. he gets off yeah, on completely. the power yes. he has over this man. Yes. He's controlling, exactly. Yeah. He's puppet mastering the whole thing. Yep. Right. And uh, this is kind of where the movie just goes downhill. Yeah. <laughs> I think after this scene is when they go back to the apartment again. Um, oh, wait. Is that this scene? Anyways, what I'm getting at is Rob Lowe eventually murders this girl. Yeah. And frames Michael. Yes. Michael, who's a James Spader. Yeah. No one knows him by Michael. He's James Spader. He's James Spader, show, right, sure, way. right. And by the way, his name's Michael, and his brother looks like Dwight Schrute. So it's like <laughs> Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Right. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the brother, Pismo. Pismo. Yeah. Or, I thought they were saying Gizmo. Well, I did too the first time I saw it, and it turns out his name is really Frank, because he, he's called Frank and Pismo at okay. different points of the movie. He's played by this guy, Christian Clemenson, who I've only seen in one other movie. It was United 93. I'm sorry, he was also in Hannah and Her Sisters for a, a minute. Okay. But um, he's not a very sympathetic character. He's he's a burnout older brother who's kind of a screw up. Right. He's kind um, of uh, hanging on to his brother, oh, getting yeah. money from his brother. Just borrows money. Just smokes pot all day, yep. mm-hmm. takes his brother's money. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And he even like when when it comes down to what you're saying about the mur- the the frame up with the murder, um, he's so unhelpful at first. He is, and he's such a big pansy, you know, like like not he's like you know like because yeah, uh, yeah. uh, he has like a prior some kind of arrest for for like pot possession or something like it that. Was dealing, it was dealing, Michael. It was dealing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know very well. Well, I can't get a job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. And he's like telling him, you know, I can't be responsible for what I do. Sad sack. Oh, man. Just help your brother clean up this, you know, yeah, this, this body. This is the scene I was talking about earlier when I, I think it was off mic. Uh, it's a, my favorite scene is uh-huh. they try to move this body yeah. out of the apartment yeah. and down through the stairwell, uh-huh. through the elevator shaft, not the shaft, but down the elevator, down the elevator you know, right. and uh-huh. into the parking garage. And it's so tense yeah it, really it is, is very tense and it is very well done uh-huh you think they're gonna get caught like four times and pismo forgets his keys yeah he forgets <laughs> his keys it's to go back then spader has to move the body as a couple's coming around the corner oh my god dragging it behind the car then they get in the car he's yep. by yep and then there's a jump scare where the dog yeah. there's a dog there's in the a car dog like a, for no <laughs> reason i know <laughs> he's just in this car i thought i was watching cujo i know <laughs> But man, it was it was a cheap ending to that scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, that scene was great. I know uh, the best one in this movie, if you ask me. My personal favorite comes right before um, the 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 moving of the body. It's when Rob Lowe uh, like reveals the kill. Um, he taped the kill, by the way. He taped it. Like he, he he stole all of James Spader's stuff and like pawned it. First of all, so James Spader comes back one night to an empty apartment. Then the next night he goes back uh, because uh, Rob Lowe gave him back like like maybe a box full of like stuff he couldn't use. So he's just taking it back to the apartment just to kind of check things out. And the TV is there and the VCR is there and like the the camera and the tripod and nothing else. And like there's a a, a tape like a videotape like precariously sitting in the VCR so James Spader hits play on it and it comes up and it's Rob Lowe standing there filming himself saying uh hey remember buddy you asked me for this yeah and the, there's a knock on the door on you know in this tape we're watching the tape um and it's the girl from the party uh Claire 
And uh, long story short, Rob Lowe kills her with a, with with uh, James Spader's golf club in the back room, and then comes out and laughs maniacally right into the camera for about thirty seconds. Yeah, and then it turns out he's been hiding in the apartment the whole time. He's actually up on the stairwell. Um, and he tells him, you know, don't go, don't bother going to the police because I've covered all the bases <laughs> yet over on the corner is a bloody handprint, right? That yep. Rob Lowe, a huge loose end <laughs> that he leaves there and it's never really talked about. I noticed that too. And you see it <clears throat> in the tape. Yeah, you do. They yeah. deliberately show you right. that he left this. He wipes his hand right there on the wall. Right. And you see it before you even watch the tape. You're yep. like, there's a big smear on the wall right yeah, there. on this white wall, there's some kind of red stuff there. Right. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that's not mentioned at all. It's not. There's, a, there's right. quite a few things like that in this movie. There is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wanted to know what happened with the wife. That storyline was kind of dropped, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it didn't matter because it served its purpose right. as in kind of almost fully destroying Spader's life. I yes. mean, he goes a little deeper into destruction. Yeah, but, he does. Uh, uh, I guess that's why they didn't follow up with that. But there was no closure on that storyline at all. Not a phone call or anything, was there? No. And I, I mean, I guess, I guess it really, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I guess because it's just his fiance. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they figured, well, okay, it's almost like just a regular breakup. So I guess, I guess okay, so. she's out of the movie and, you know, now he's going to be with Claire and with Rob Lowe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, trading up. <laughs> you Trade sure one are. in, That's, get two. You got it, man. Jeez. <laughs> Did, um, I don't know about you, but I felt like the first 30 minutes or so of this film, maybe even first half, uh-huh. I, it kind of felt like I was watching some kind of like Brian De Palma film. Yeah. Like there was these things like you're kind of, the camera like focuses on things almost yeah. like the scenes happening, but there's a side thing happening. Right, right. That you like, your catches your eye, and you're like, oh, that might be important later. Yeah, something in the corner. But right. nothing uh-huh. is. Right. Nothing is important I later. Know. I know. So I felt cheated. <laughs> at, the, at the end, I'm like, really? <laughs> I know. Like that couple at the bar that he, yeah, he go, that Rob Lowe's gonna fight. Uh-huh. Um, they're the same couple that comes down the staircase while he's moving the body. It's the same exact couple. I didn't realize, oh my God, it's the same couple. I'm like, this means something here. Rob Lowe's like setting this all up. Like this is a big conspiracy. So they're in on it with Rob Lowe? Uh, No, they just happened to be there. Oh my God. Like they couldn't afford more extras or something. (laughs) Right. Let's let's, Jeez. But anyways, I got got that feeling like maybe four or five times in this movie. Okay, jeez. Does not pay off. Right. But did you feel that at all? Kind of, I well, I kind of got it. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't I, I didn't feel that there were like uh, I guess fractured payoffs. Um, I I just I just felt like th- th- there's you know for for me the reason I've gone I've gone back on this movie so many times is because like when you described that really well done suspenseful elevator scene, mm-hmm. it, it's one of these movies where where you look at it and it's like there's a great movie in here somewhere. Yes. Um, and in the hands of like maybe a maybe a script doctor, um, it it could have it could have like risen to greatness if they had just cut a few things and right. But, and Curtis Hansen directed it. Um, Who? What did he do? I'm he not did familiar with him. L.A. Confidential. Um, I, I've never seen that one. Oh man, I need to see it. Yeah, I know you it's sure great. Do. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, and it's it's a it's one of the best movies of, of that decade yeah. of the last two decades really. But I mean, so he, he is capable of like, you know, some really great stuff. Um, but you know, like when you, when you look at this, uh, <laughs> well, what did you think of when they, when they go on there, like at, right after they leave the, the, the swanky sex party, 
they go on like a crime spree. Oh yeah, they go rob a burger joint. They yeah. rob a liquor store. Yeah, and James Spader is had snorted so much cocaine at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he doesn't even know what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. I was mixed <clears throat> on it. I think I didn't. I kind of liked it at first because it was kind of a funny scene. Yeah. And then it got even more serious. And then I was. I it kind of grew on me. Then it lost me again. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> It, it ends up like at the end, they, they drive by Patterson's house yeah. and they turn around to go there. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's end scene. Yes. And then don't see what next happened. morning, right. uh, bloody knuckles on James yes. Spader's hand. So right. you're like, oh crap. In the end, you find out that Rob Lowe was the one who actually beat the shit out of Patterson right. Right. Uh, and framed yes. you know, James Spader for exactly. it. Exactly. He just likes fucking with this dude's life. Oh, he does. He, he, he likes completely upending whatever whatever sanity he had. And and like I guess the, the the one problem I had with with that crime spree was that like like you said um, James Spader had at that point like you know ingested so much substances that he didn't know what he was doing. I'd like to think that no like like think of us you and I mm-hmm. um, just ordinary citizens that even on our worst nights of drinking and drugs taking whatever it is that like we wouldn't be we couldn't be influenced to like rip off burger stands, exactly. right? I mean, that um, seems. I honestly didn't find Rob Lowe appealing. Like, I no. did not want to be Rob Lowe. Oh, exactly. I w- exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sniff that guy that out right away. That didn't work for me, really. No. Yeah, like, exactly. This guy is a total douche, and why are you screwing up this man's life? <laughs> Police. <laughs> exactly. Police. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it didn't work for me, and uh huh. I don't know if they're trying to get you to completely be like, oh, man, Rob Lowe's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because he really isn't, he's a dick. Right. And he's dangerous. Right. He's a dangerous dick. <laughs> a double D, man. <laughs> and you don't want those. And there's little... That mo- should have been the title of the movie, Dangerous, dangerous dick. dick. Oh, my God. Better better title. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a moment in the movie like where, where earlier where uh, he... Uh, James Spader wants to like talk to Rob Lowe about some some great about the thing with Patterson at work uh-huh. how, how he double crossed him with those reports right when he put the batting champions in him um, and he he's like looking for him at one of those bars that they went to and he he talks to the bartender and he's like hey have you seen Alex and he's like uh Alex and you know and mm-hmm. it turns out like he's Alex is Tony to this guy to, yeah. this, to this bartender he's like oh yeah him and my brother were shipmates in the Navy or whatever and, yeah. and like you can tell j- just in that one scene w- with the bartender like the bartender's kind of a cool dude yeah. um, like a big buff guy and it's like wow Rob Lowe has like he's probably got these guys all over town like he's he's Everywhere. become like bros with, with all these like kind of cool people and nobody knows and it's all know, a facade oh yeah completely he's different people to all of them but he's managed to like become like like they're, they're like a casual like bro to them instead of the way he is with Michael where he's right. going to like, you know, actually mess with somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, but he needs these other like cast of characters to kind of set the scene. Yeah. Like you said, I, I would not be fooled. Yeah. You know, I, I just wouldn't. So, there's, you know, the end of the movie, there's a, a scene where um, <laughs> Michael and Dwight are going <laughs> to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get uh, Rob Lowe. Yeah. I almost said Rob Schneider. Rob Lowe, <laughs> and uh, they figure out how to get him because there's they see the sex club password on the newspaper. They're like, yeah. I know where he is. Uh-huh. So Dwight goes to get him, and uh, he's a, Rob Lowe's there, and he's trying to set up this threesome yeah. with these chicks. Yeah, And uh, Dwight's there to steal his beer bottle uh-huh. to get his fingerprints and stuff. Right. And he succeeds. Yeah. And as he's leaving, Rob Lowe sees him. Yes. And he, Rob Lowe leaves the club. Goes back to Dwight Schrute's apartment, hunts him down, 
doesn't kill him, but he's kill. He he almost gets him. Tries to kill him, and Michael shows up, and uh, he gets away. Yeah, Rob Lowe gets away. Right. Cut, and he is in bed with the two chicks. He <sighs> he was at the bar. Yeah. Left to kill people, <laughs> and then still closed the deal on the threesome he was setting up. Holy shit! <gasps> yeah. How did he do that? I have no clue. I mean, the scene missing. Because yeah, <laughs> how did he manage this? Unbelievable. I mean, he because he yeah. Oh my God, you're right. You're. I hadn't even thought of that actually. That that he he brokered this threesome, and still yeah. Wow. Shit, man. And <laughs> and you know this threesome, by the way, is another one of those mom- uh, Another one of these things that does not belong in a. I, I know why it's there. I, I know that you're, you gotta you gotta sell tickets. Okay, I, right. I get it. But it's another it's another example of like I was talking about before about how there are moments in this movie that keep it from being a good movie. Yes, and this is it. Right. Um, like a threesome out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and a threesome that that is lingered upon. I mean, oh like, god, like, you know the the girl is totally naked riding him. Well, you think it's a regular two way? Yes. Yes. And then after two minutes of that, <laughs> after two uh, minutes, a, a second girl appears. She just emerges from from the <laughs> from other the side. mattress. Exactly. She just comes yep. out of the mattress. Yep. Like. Interview, like, like like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> yeah, and and in the same vein, uh, the first thing you see in this movie is a pair of tits. Yeah, you sure do. The, the movie opens with that. I watched the credits in order of appearance. I quote: "Naked woman." She's credited as naked. She's woman. She's credited yes. as naked yeah. woman uh-huh. in order of appearance. First right. person on film. Exactly. Naked woman. Yep. Yep. I know. Imagine this is the kind of movie we're watching. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. That's what we're that's what we're here for, right? Oh, and she's the like the latest dupe in his life, and they're just setting up that he does this to people, and uh, right. Uh, yeah, and and finally, after he you know like does this chick, he gets up, he gets up from the bed, goes to the bathroom, does something, comes back out, tells the two chicks who are like spooning with each other in bed that she you says, know, "I'm next." I'm next, and he's just like, you know, I'm gonna get us something to drink, you know. Goes downstairs. I'm going to get a fresca. <laughs> That's not sexy. He would never say that. No, no, of course not. Uh, but he, he goes downstairs and he gets dressed for some reason. Um, goes to the fridge again for some reason. and To get something to drink. But why did he put his clothes <laughs> back on? I don't know. I, 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 it's probably way. not his house. Yeah, well, he that, needs to leave no, quick. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Uh, but he's, you know, he's due for another fuck. So that's why right, I can't right, understand okay, why. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, but he, he closes the door and like James Spader has sniffed him out. Yeah. And he's got him up against the fridge with a knife and he, he finds that like Rob Lowe's got like James Spader's jacket with blood on it and he's going to like, uh, plant it at the, at his office. Yeah, at his office, frame him. Yeah, right. Again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, this whole thing happens where there's a struggle and then a chase happens and they go to the pier like Michael has like a backup plan. Right. Uh, Dwight's Dwight's up there. on the yeah, Dwight is at the pier on the roof of this like uh of, of like some kind of like this crab shack. Totally is an office episode right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's he secretly films their conversation in which James Spader gets Rob Lowe to admit and be proud of the crimes he's committed. Right. Um and then there's another struggle and the jackass Dwight uh, again fucks up he like <laughs> slips on he goes oh watch out and he like almost slips off the thing and Rob Lowe almost gets the jump on James Spader right. um, god I hate that fucking guy I hate Dwight I, I really hate him um, but he uh, you know 
it, it, the, the way it ends is with like you know Rob Lowe getting shot and he goes into the water right and then uh, they call the police and you know Dwight says you know what are you going to tell Dwight says James Spader what are you going to tell him what are you going to tell the police he's like I'm going to tell him what happened and then like the cops show up and that's the end of the movie um, and it's okay you know what uh, I, I what do you think happens to Michael I'm assuming you mean as far as getting away with the murder yeah or what? like like, like what I, is, they got the tape know, I don't think he'll be convicted of murder but maybe what would you what can you get like a second degree or a manslaughter or something he an accessory he uh, tried to hide the body he did you he know he did try to hide the body in a tar pit right across the street from his from work his by office. the way i know it's right there that's another one of those dumb things yes. this movie did yes you're right um, you're right i don't know what happened to him uh but this ending it's just so unsatisfying yeah if you ask me right rob Lowe falls into the, the ocean there yeah. and I thought he was going to come out on the beach later. There'd be, right. you know, a little epilogue there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, But nothing. He's right. just, uh, that's it. Right, right. So, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like... It was anticlimactic. Yeah. And it it should have had a little bit more. Right. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Right. What did you think? Um, well, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. And I, I, I guess I guess the only reason I'm still bothered by the, by the ending of like not knowing what happened to Michael is because I, maybe I've seen the movie too many times and I'm just kind of invested or whatever. Yeah. But like I, I've tried to like, you know, get the, 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 the legal wrangling of like what he's actually going to be facing here. I've tried to like, you know, calculate in my head what he'd be guilty of um, and, you know, what kind of time he'd face. Um, and I, I just... You know, I, I guess I guess now that we've talked about it, the one thing that occurs to me is maybe that's the reason for that bloody handprint on the wall. Um, like you said, you said the tape it was was kind of the smoking gun, right? Maybe him leaving that bloody handprint on the wall accidentally is the thing that's going to actually like right. eventually ava- avail Michael of having to serve any jail time. Well, and if uh, Alex is dead and they do find the body, then yeah. they definitely maybe he can get out of it a little. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say. That this movie does not need to be watched by anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be, just because, like you said, there's hints of great stuff in yeah, here. Yeah. But it's just generic enough I know. to miss. You're like, right. You're there's right. better movies like this out mm-hmm. there that you can spend your time watching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And for any gore hounds out there, um, the girl we talked about, Claire, is the same girl. She was in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. She was in Freddy's Dead. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I saw her in that. That's the only other thing I've ever seen her in. Okay. But uh, yeah, she's there. Okay, so. and would you recommend this? Yes, I would recommend okay. it because um, I I I, the, I guess the only reason I recommend it is because I've seen it so many times and yeah. I saw it for the first time when I was a kid and okay. I really it, it just I guess because I was a kid I had not experienced these things before so I was really into it for a long time and I watched the VHS over and over again. Oh yeah, um, and you know as an adult I know it's silly <laughs> but but I still think you should see it. <laughs> All right, well there we go. We got a sp- uh, finally it's a split. Yeah, that's here. right. We Only disagree. And by the way. This is our third episode, and every movie we've done so far has started with the letter B. It's it's a it's a, a really <laughs> it's a weird twist that I, I don't I can't this really explain it. This is just a scheduling phenomenon. I know we you're didn't right. plan this. No, nope. we did not plan it. It just happened. <laughs> we looked at the list and said, "Oh shit." <laughs> well, we don't want to change anything. I just we'll, yeah. we'll deal with it. That's right. That's right. All right. So. Um, <laughs> On that note, let's wrap things up here. If you liked what you heard, please like, share, subscribe to the show. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher. We're hosted at SoundCloud. Or you go to dudesonmovies.com. You can find everything you need there. Mm-hmm. Social media, posts for all the episodes, everything you need. Even profiles. Yes. About the dudes. About the dudes, right. Us. Uh, 
the other thing we always mention that we want to tell you is that uh, we want you guys to get involved in the discussion, so please email us, uh, dudesonmovies at gmail.com, or you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Dudes on Movies. We like having an interactive experience with uh, our listeners, um, so if you're out there, please let us know because we'd like to talk to you. All right, and tune in next week where we will review the Pauly Shore movie, Jury Duty, from 1995. Wow. <laughs> So uh, on behalf of Dave and myself, Scott, we are your dudes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.